You're listening to Campus Review Radio. I'm Patrick Avenal and I'm the news editor for Campus Review. Dr Peter Stapleton is a clinical psychologist at Bond University who has been conducting what she calls landmark research into unhealthy food cravings and how emotional freedom techniques, which is like tapping parts of your face and upper body, can help suppress food cravings. I spoke with Dr. Stapleton earlier today, and I started by asking her to explain what an unhealthy food craving was. So normally uh, something like a food craving is driven by an emotion, not hunger, not a physiological state. So typically people will suddenly feel like, you know, a certain food or have a craving for something like chocolate or um, carbohydrates, that kind of thing. But we know that when it's a sudden thing and it's not a gradual increase in hunger, it's definitely driven by an intense emotion or something that's just happened in your life. Um, so at an unhealthy level, it's when eating you know, frequently those food cravings, and typically they're not healthy foods, um, you can end up obviously becoming overweight and obese. Okay, so if you, and I mean, obviously this happens to all of us. We, we you know, we'll be sitting at our desk or we'll be out and we'll suddenly feel hungry or we'll be triggered by advertising. Uh, explain how tapping can overcome this. Yeah, so the same part of the brain that sends out, you know, a stress response if you, if you feel stressed about something um, is involved in the craving response. So that part of your brain is called the amygdala and it's just been there forever. It's a very primitive part of our brain. It was useful, you know, when we had to fight a bear off in front of a cave kind of thing, mm-hmm. but it's still there. So what happens is it sends out the signal and it could be, you know, because you've, you're bored sitting at your desk working or you've just seen a picture of, you know, a burger or something like that and it sends out the craving response so what this tapping technique does is because of the process of physically tapping on pressure points um, as well as using a cognitive statement that amygdala firing actually calms down so what happens over a period of five or ten minutes of tapping is the amygdala goes quiet in the brain which then means the craving response isn't there anymore so where exactly do you tap So there's eight points that we tap on, um, and I'm really happy to provide a diagram of these. So some of them are on the face, so like the start of the eyebrow, the side of the eye, um, under the eye, and then there's a couple on the top part of the body and one on the dead centre of your head. So we just use eight. It's called clinical EFT. We know that they're the only eight points that really are needed to, um, you know, target any problem out there. So, I mean, you said tap for five minutes. I mean, that seems like a really long time to be tapping at your person. It is... It's sort of yeah, like... it's funny because a lot of people think it's actually not long at all. <laughs> so it might only be that you need to tap, you know, three or four times on those eight points and the craving has gone away completely. So... Yeah, it's actually in a therapeutic sense, if we compare it to normal psychology that, you know, talks for an hour in a session, it's very quick as far as, um, you know, if I tap for five minutes, I'm not going to want to eat this chocolate. And what happens in all the trials we've run is a year later, people still aren't eating the chocolate. So it's the permanency of the technique is astounding. One thing I was interested to ask you about is how this sort of fits in with this this whole um, obsession with thinness that Western culture is currently going through and the concept of fat shaming and uh, they're, they're people that are overweight or perhaps larger than other people sort of, you know, 
claiming their their status as a, and their size and saying there's nothing there's no moral failing in being overweight or larger person and where this sort of fits in with that is this just adding to that culture that you know yeah, fetishizes thinness yeah and we certainly have models in psychology of you know health at any size that kind of thing so if your self-esteem is intact and you are very comfortable with your body shape and size you know that should be okay where we're coming in i guess is more of an angle of and really we've only been um you know teaching this technique to people that are overweight and obese that self-select to the trial because perhaps something like their food cravings have become so out of control that it's affecting negatively other parts of their life or their health status is actually affected. So they may have type 2 diabetes. Um, you know, they might actually need, you know, knee replacements because of their weight. So direct negative results because of lifestyle choice and some of that food. So really, because people self-select, um, it's not kind of something out there we're saying everybody should do. It's just that it is a technique that will help people buy past that whole willpower because um, the technique doesn't use anything to do with willpower so you don't have to kind of try and be good on certain days and not eat certain foods because if you don't have the craving for it you don't actually feel like it. Mm. The what, what they wanted to find out is that a lot of people that I speak to just out and about that, that you know they talk about healthy food unhealthy food craves this sort of stuff and there's a lot of misinformation about what actually is healthy food and what people should be eating yes. do you have yeah. sort of any tips for anyone listening to this saying well what am i supposed to eat or what am i what can i eat yeah i mean and certainly you know we're not dietitians we're psychologists but we do know that uh, the amount of healthy foods out there that perhaps have some symbol or a tick on them may not actually be as healthy as what people think. Um, and really we should pay more attention to things like the amount of sugar in food because that has shifted since the 1970s. So when we had the low-fat um, epidemic happen where companies decided, let's go low-fat, that'll help people. What they had to do was increase the sugar in food for taste. And we now are looking at, you know, our community and our population having way too much sugar in their diet. You know, we need four to eight teaspoons a day just for brain functioning. Most children out there are eating 70 teaspoons of sugar a day. And that could be hidden in, you know, supposed health foods like a healthy looking muesli bar um, or, you know, a certain juice or something like that. So we need to pay more attention to that kind of thing. And I guess if people, you know, want to learn more, go off and seek sort of sound advice from people like nutritionalists and dietitians.